0: Visit RobertHalf.com today. Welcome back to
1: the Cover Three Podcast with your hosts, Danny Cannell, Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, and Tom Fernelli. It's your call for the best college football coverage from national signing day to the national championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover Three Podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Danny Canale. That's Tom Fernelli, I'm Chip Patterson. College football playoff national championship game super preview. We are going into... Uh, sort of the matchups to watch. We're going to talk about some of the storylines, big picture narratives, uh, what this would mean, a win would mean for Ohio State, what a win means for Nick Saban in Alabama. And of course, because you always count on us to provide locks for you anytime there is college football going on, whether it is MAC locks in the middle of the week or whether it is a, a regular old Saturday when we're laying out the card, we are going to give you uh, at least one lock a piece. Uh, sources tell me that Tom Furnelli has three, and that's not even including props. Uh, so we've we've got a lot of different ways to to break this game down. Um, we've had one day. We're recording this Thursday morning. We've had one day of virtual availability. The next will be tomorrow. We had uh like a scare. Right? A, like, is this game gonna happen? Do we have COVID issues uh, at Ohio State? Is it gonna get pushed back? I. I saw all of the key players who were scheduled to speak yesterday for Ohio State. They did speak, and I, you know, maybe they were speaking from quarantining situations, but uh, so far I have not seen too much to alert me to that. So I guess the, the beginning of the conversation is, are you expecting this game to be played on Monday, and are you expecting Ohio State to mostly be uh, full strength, at least at some of the key positions for handicapping and trying to preview the game?
1: expecting yeah assuming no because I mean it's the the report that came out a couple days ago that's saying you know they they could postpone it like that's just the situation that we're in right now because since there aren't uniform testing policies from the college football playoff and all the schools are following their own conferences guidelines like I think Alabama's test final test will be tomorrow I think because it's like what 72 hours within 72 hours So Alabama will test, I think, tomorrow, and if they're all good tomorrow, then no matter what happens over the weekend, they're fine to play. But Ohio State's got to test up until Monday. So this is still a fluid situation with the Buckeyes where anything could change in the next few days, and this game could be postponed. And you mentioned like the key players were able to talk at the – at the virtual press conference, but who do you consider the key players?
0: Haskell Garrett and Jonathan Cooper, because I thought Ohio state's defensive line was one of the reasons they beat Clemson. And I think that especially when we look at the interior of with Haskell Garrett, who is the big 10 defensive lineman of the year going up against a backup center for Alabama and Chris Owens with Landon Dickerson, not there. I think that the defensive line for Ohio state against Alabama's offensive line, Joe Moore award winners, best offensive line in the country I, I think that's a huge, huge matchup in terms of answering the question Can Ohio State limit? what Alabama does offensively. So those are the two that, and Sean Wade also, a huge piece of that. It was all defensive players. Uh, Kerry Coombs, the defensive coordinator, he didn't have any updates. Uh, Sean Wade had some great conversation about looking forward to being matched up on Devonta Smith, classic alpha cornerback. I want the matchup, you know, that kind of thing. But those, I would say defensive line and Sean Wade were the ones that I was saying the key players for Ohio State in terms of, if all of a sudden they were like, Jonathan Cooper or Haskell Garrett or Sean Wade isn't available for today, I would say, yikes, okay. How many Maybe.
1: offensive players did you see?
0: Well, that done, that's later this afternoon. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So we,
1: we don't know that yet, and that kind of makes it weird because when it comes to handicapping, like for my locks and everything for this game, I'm working under what we know now. And based on what we know now, it's like the assumption that players like, key players are playing but we don't know like it the, the the initial report was like they might they didn't have enough for at a position group is that position group linebackers is that position group offensive line is that position group receiver what was the position group that was affected and apparently or reportedly getting close to being you know in perilous shape so that's the one thing. So it's like, cause if they if half the offensive line is missing, okay, that worked against Michigan state and they were fine. I'm not sure that's going to work against Alabama. You know what I mean? So it's, there are a kind of variable in wild cards at play right now that are just making it more difficult to figure out.
2: I, uh, I played golf yesterday and I was talking to a guy who runs a business. He runs events and he runs a big event. Um, and he said, it's, So one of my buddies said, hey, are you going to have it? It's supposed to be in August. So So we're a long time away. And the guy's like, is it definite? And the guy goes, we don't use the term definite anymore. And I would say that about the championship game. Like, I think it's going to happen. All signs look like it's going to happen. But we've had games canceled on game day this year. And I get it's the championship and it would have – you know, you probably hear rumors and it would, everyone's going to be all over this, but I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't use the term hundred percent. I wouldn't say definite. It looks, it appears like it's going to be. I don't know who the writer was. I think it was somebody that you guys can, maybe if you saw the tweet, you can confirm it. But somebody did say that the AL.com report that came out and it was like, Hey, the game could be delayed. The, the, it said that there was a COVID issue at Ohio State and that every response to it has just said, we're still playing the game. No one addressed, no one denied any COVID issue at Oh, that Ohio was Dodd. State. That was the Dodd that was father. Dennis, okay. yeah. That was the Dodd father. I was making sure because I was going through his feed. I couldn't find it. But I thought that was a pretty, you know, wise observation. Is there still things that are going on? Is there? And you can do Zoom being isolated. What does that mean? Is this all... I just... I really hope that they don't try to jam this thing through just to stay to the calendar and to say we did it on, you know, the day it was scheduled to do it. But could you imagine having to make that decision? And I would think if you asked Alabama players that they would say, Yeah, like let's delay it a week so we can play everyone at their full strength, even if it's Justin Fields, who has a, you know, I'm not saying it's him. But if there was significant players at Ohio State, I would hope everybody, even Nick Saban's daughter, who maybe makes up the excuse for him and say, no, they're just using an excuse to get healthy. I would hope everyone would want to have everybody at their fullest. I don't want to see a championship game that has to have an asterisk next to it because you played Ohio State and half their defensive line or half their offensive line or whatever position group it could be was decimated because of COVID. Because I totally agree with you. It's one thing to have it against Michigan State, entirely different animal to have it against Alabama. So, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a couple players out just for probably for both teams. I just hope it's not something that massively impacts the game.
1: Yeah, because like that's like thinking of this just from a pure fan perspective, like, Everything that happened this year to get the season to go through and then to finish the season and then to get to the title game and then just have the title game being, no matter who the teams are, one team at full strength versus another team at half strength would be like, this is what we did it all for, for this to decide. You know, because the the playoff was the driving factor for a lot of these conferences to play the season. To have the title game with like, you know, half a team missing would just, it would suck.
0: (laughs) Okay, so um, this is, you know, a little early in the show for just a moment of total honesty. But, like, Danny, I really appreciate that you were able to give, like, the competitor, the player's perspective. Tom, you're hitting on the fan perspective. Let me tell you – I don't want this to get delayed because I'm ready for this thing to be done. (laughs) I am so tired. This has been such a mentally exhausting season and it's been going on since July with this. Will they won't they the off season and the whole summer was exhausting. Like let's get this Frankenstein season (laughs) to the finish line. Please. Again, again, I appreciate the competitor angle. I think you're right. I appreciate the fan angle, but for the purposes of conversation, me covering this sport, I don't, I don't, I don't care. And some of that probably I'm I'm saying, I can say that with more humor, knowing that I believe Alabama is the best team in the country and that Alabama has been the best team in the country and full strength, Ohio state. I'm still going to pick to lose this game. Full strength Ohio State has a way better chance than uh, if they're missing the kind of uh, if they're missing the kind of players that would put an asterisk on it. Absolutely, but it's it's almost like the same crushing inevitability that has surrounded so much of the Saban era. It's like why are you going to delay it a week, Albert? You're going to. It's almost. How about this? Oh, you're going to give Saban another week to prepare. Okay, good <laughs> luck. Like you're you're really increasing your chances there, but. Um, I I am biased in that perspective, and I I appreciate that uh, there is wanting to see the best game possible between two of the most talented teams in the country, two of the best teams in the country. You're right. Ohio State is playing football this season because they believe they can win a national championship, and we're sitting here previewing Ohio State playing in a national championship. It would be a huge bummer for everyone who loves college football to not be able to see the best game possible. I'm just ready in this season. <laughs>
1: Listen, I'm there with you. I just want to end the season with an
0: actual title game.
2: That's true. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. So, well, like, think about I'm sorry to keep this going on, but think about Sark. Like, think about that. Like, he wants to start forming a staff, start recruiting. Like, he's probably, he might be one of the only coaches that are like, hey, let's just play this thing. Let's just, go. You let's, know? Let's
0: go. No. Whoever you got, let's, let's, yeah. suit, let's suit him up and go. Um, so, yeah. we, we will be continuing to pay attention to this. Uh, we, we think, but like you said, Danny, uh, there are no, Definites. Uh, do you all want to tackle some of the numbers here, or do you all want to get into the matchups? I'm
1: good with either. Don't okay. matter to me. Let's go.
0: Okay, well, then let's jump right in. So at William Hill right now, this number's up at eight. And, mm. you know, we opened around seven and a half. I saw it tick down to seven. It's up to eight. Which way are y'all leaning on this one? By the way, a little bit of news uh, as we're recording. uh, The Alabama availability is going on right now. Official Jalen Waddle is game time decision.
2: zero, zero surprise (laughs) with that (laughs) announcement. Did you think he was going to say, yeah, he's starting for us (laughs) or he's not playing at all. You knew
0: you weren't going to get either one of those. All right. So as this line is starting to move in Alabama's favor, uh, I guess the first part of it is, are y'all on the side of Alabama? And if so, do you want to get this now? Like what's, how do, how do we project Mm. this line move and which way are y'all feeling about it?
1: I, again, this is all assuming that what we know now is going to be, you know, everybody's healthy, everybody's happy, everybody's available, blah, blah, blah. I would take, I'm waiting. Because I think that this spread could get larger and I'm already kind of on the Ohio State side to begin with. And I think that with the public action, obviously, because as a title game, there's always going to be more action than on a typical college football game. And public action tends to favor the favorite and then you toss in the fact that the report of the COVID situation at Ohio State I think that has definitely impacted the line I think that's why we've seen it grow a half a point in the last day or two and then I also think like the Jalen Waddle thing is probably impacting a line a little bit over you know overreaction to Jalen Waddle's availability in that game is is causing people to think Alabama's got a better shot and that's going to cause the line to grow so as somebody who thinks is taking and locking up Ohio state in the points, I'm probably going to wait. Cause I do think that I, this line could get bigger by the time the game starts on Monday, but it just, as far as like breaking this game down, Alabama is the best team in the country has been all year from start to finish. It has been miles better than just about every single team it has played. But as we've talked about, there were two teams that gave it problems and that is those teams were Ole miss and Florida. They both put up over 40 points on them. They made games of it. They made Alabama uncomfortable, although Alabama won both games. And Ohio State offensively is along the same lines as Florida in Ole Miss in that they have the receivers that can attack you vertically and they aren't afraid to do it. That's what Florida does. That's what Ole Miss did. And that is the one thing that has genuinely always been the Achilles heel of Alabama's defense in the Nick Saban era. If you have good enough receivers and a good enough quarterback, you can get them deep and you can get big plays. And I think that Ohio state with Justin Fields and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson have all that. And the difference between this Ohio state team and that Ole Miss and the Florida team, especially is, is Ohio State's a much better team running the ball. Trey Sermon has come on in the last three games. He's like 630 yards in the last three games, although 330 of them were in the same game. But he has added another element that Florida didn't have. Ole Miss can run the ball, but they didn't really have – they're not – they don't run the ball often, but they can when they do. And Florida's just – abandons it pretty much in the first quarter as so, soon as you get it to shoot out with the Gators Dan Mullen takes that part of the playbook and throws it away and says all right we're just going to throw it 50 times Ohio State I think can with Trey Sermon they could do they could do kind of like a hybrid of what Notre Dame tried to do last week in that I think they can control the clock or try to control the clock and keep it running with the ground game to keep the chains moving and keep the Alabama offense off the field, because that's really what it comes down to with Alabama. You have to outscore it. They're going to get, at least 35 points, they're probably going to get 40. They might get 50. You can't just sit there and say, all right, we need to hold them to 20-something and then we could beat them. No, you you have to go out there with the plan of saying, we have to score 40 points at a minimum if we want to have any chance to win this game. And Ohio State can do that. And I think that they're going to try to limit the possessions Alabama has, but they also have the capability that when they need to, and that was the difference with Notre Dame, they were able to control the ball. But when they needed big plays and they needed to score – Notre Dame didn't have that capability. Ian Book and their receivers aren't the big play threats that could strike at Alabama's weakness. They had to put together long drives. Ohio State can do both. And because of that, I think that Ohio State has a much better shot of covering the spread because I think the spread is a little bit too large. I would probably have it more in the five, six point range. So the larger it gets, the more attractive it becomes to me. That said, I still think Alabama's going to win the game more often than not, far more often than not, honestly. Like if there's a blowout, it's going to be a blowout Alabama win. Ohio State is not blowing Alabama out. But I do think that Ohio State can win the game, and I do think a lot of the time they're going to keep it closer than a touchdown. So if I'm getting eight points, that's where I'm going.
2: I'm really torn on this one. I would say the same thing I said coming into bowl season. Like, I hope you made all your money in the regular season already. Like I, I, I I feel like there are better edges. You know, you guys will hear me say, Hey, I think there's better value elsewhere where there's only one game. So we got to try to find the value in this game. I do agree with you, Tom. I think you kind of have to take Ohio state in this spot. I also try to look for an emotional overreaction, right? Like, Hey, what are we just reacting to? And Ohio state just had their best game of the season. Um, can they, are they going to be that team or is Justin Fields going to be that guy or is he going to be who he was through the six games previous? I don't know. Like, is, can he keep the momentum going? I don't think he plays that well against them, but does he have to, I don't think so. Trey Sermon's been awesome too. I think the overreaction line would have been if Ohio state was a five or six point fa- uh, underdog. Like I think seven and a half, eight is a good line. Cause it's really tricky A question I have for you, Tom, is you said you're going to wait because I would tend to believe, like, hey, I think that's the smart move to wait. But if you wait and it's because there's a couple defensive linemen announced out for Ohio State, like, is it, well, how much is it going to move? And then at what point are you like, well, man, this is a bad side? Like, I, I, like, because then if, if, then you're like, well, Alabama's just going to boat race them. Like, if they can't stop them at all they're going to get off the field against them. So I don't, I think if you're going to take Ohio state, which I am, I, I think that's the right side to just jump in it now, unless you say you want to bail on it. Like if, if the bad news comes out, I'll really try to stay away from it. Like, cause I, then I don't know if it's nine and a half, if it's 10 and a half, you know, if it's still good value, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I think if you like Ohio state, you just take them and kind of roll with it and hope that they put out a pretty good product and continue that, the, the trend of, of late. See, my th- I think it'll depend, too. Like, I-, I feel like if there's
1: bad news that comes out, whether it's defensive line, offensive line, receiver, whatever, if Ohio State is missing a few players, I think receiver will be the most important one. Like, I think if you find out Chris Olave has gone again, which I don't. I mean, he he missed the Northwestern game, and we saw what kind of impact that had on Ohio State's offense in that game. Or if Garrett Wilson's out, we know that's going to have a major impact on what they can do because the receivers are what you need to you know keep up with Alabama. So if that happened, I think that I would probably jump like just stay away from it altogether. But if it's offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, whoever. I think that the natural reaction for the public, which is already heavily leaning Alabama's way to begin with, will just push that even further. And I think it would likely push it past further. Like the, it'll probably be an overreaction. Like we'll probably see more point movement than we probably should. If we're critically breaking down how that kind of losses will impact the game. So I wouldn't be surprised if like we find out a couple, you know, guys are missing that line jumps to 10 points. Mm. And unless it's the receiver's, I I don't think that's going to be. I, I think that would be kind of too much of an overreaction. So I would still be on Ohio State. So that's why I'm kind of kind of I'm going to wait a little bit and I'm going to follow how it goes. Obviously, if some if 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 movement starts coming in and it starts creeping back towards that seven and a half seven number, then yeah, I'm I'm going to get in on it now. But I'm I'm still going to wait because I I don't think that's going to be the case.
2: That's kind of where I like it. If as long as Ohio State is more than a touchdown dog, I'll take Ohio State. I think the overreaction is. I think we do this in general in college football, is we say this team's unbeatable, and they are. They're in Alabama's incredible, and we did it on this pod. We've done it several times. Like, man, no one can beat them. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Ohio State beat them. I'm, I don't. I wouldn't pick it. Like, if I was just going to take a money line play, I would take Alabama. But I think Ohio State can play with them. And I, you know, I'm following the trend of underdogs in the national championship mm. game, uh, five and one, except for last season, since the college football playoff began, LSU was the first favorite to cover that game. And by the way, this is also the biggest spread in the game. So, uh, you know, I think it's, I don't know. I think Ohio state is the right side to be on as long as it's over a touchdown.
0: Oh, I love being on the wrong side. I'm wrong so <laughs> much on here. Like I, you know, I, I, I think I had a pretty good bowl record but I mean that's pretty classic me is like only when you wander into the wilderness am I going to end up at, on the right side of things more often than not but no nah, I'm, I'm on Alabama and it's the like don't overthink this don't uh, stand in the way of what's been a juggernaut all season if I'm going to believe in March that Alabama is going to win the national championship and then continue to see more evidence to suggest that they are going to be able to do that. Like I, I just, I don't want to be sweating uh, Ohio state kicking in the back door like that. Cause I believe the way this game will play out is that Alabama um, will be in control because remember the SEC championship game at any moment, did you think Florida was going to win? Mm. No,
1: no, not that I thought they would win, but, I thought they would cover
0: the, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what was it? 17. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just,
2: Al- and if they would have won, it would have felt like a miracle at the end.
0: Right. Like, I mean, the right. final, yeah, you're right. The final score was six points, you know, like the, a six point game is not what that game felt like. Uh, it felt like Alabama beat Notre Dame, By a bajillion, you know, but they only beat them by, what, like uh, 17 points? 17, And so, you know, I'm absolutely entertaining the idea that it is going to be a game that I I might have to be sweating, especially at eight. I liked it a lot better at seven. But I I think that Alabama is going to be – in control for most of the game and that it's going to feel like Alabama is destined to win, but you you just can't count Ohio state out just because of the way that they could come kick in that back door. Um, you know, Alabama all of a sudden maybe goes a little bit soft defensively and Justin Fields is able to find some things. I mean, you know, crossing routes for days, just being able to get out there and run mesh and just easy throws, good run after the catch from players like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. my lock is Alabama minus seven and a half. I guess I've got to take it here at minus eight and understand that it's it's probably the bad side. You guys are right. You got to play numbers. But I'm telling you, Alabama is better than Ohio State. Alabama's probably 10 to 14 points better than Ohio State. But Justin Fields and the potency of that offense, especially Trey Sermon, who like, I mean, fresh legs sermon, right? I mean, we got to start looking at the number of carries that he's had throughout the season, not only a limited season, but not the kind of reliance that he's had. And we mentioned on the podcast, it is reminding me of Ezekiel Elliott when Ohio State went to the title, just running wild Big Ten championship game, semifinals, and again in the national championship game. Willing to, like, I got to be honest with the listeners here. I'm picking Alabama because I believe Alabama's 10 to 14 points better than Ohio State. But Ohio State absolutely has the offense to kick in that back door. I just don't think this is going to be a game where Ohio State covers because it's a back and forth or where like Ohio State has the lead in the fourth quarter and then Alabama's the team that goes on the game-winning touchdown. I believe that Alabama will be holding serve through much of the second half.
2: Who is uh who do you think is better, Ohio State or Florida?
0: Ohio State Quarterback play. quarterback play quarterback plays so much. I mean, we're talking about paper airplanes against real
2: mobility. Like
0: I agree. Justin How Fields
2: many did Florida lose to Alabama. Six. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's where, I know. That's the
1: I, thing. Like you're saying you, you think Ohio state is, or Alabama is 10 to 14 points better than Ohio state. And I appreciate that because that's what I think most people believe. But if you look at Vegas power ratings, not nearly 10 to 14 points. Most Vegas power ratings have Alabama is about five points better than Ohio state.
0: I am taking, uh, I am taking not the best. Uh, this, it's almost like old school, uh, like, you know, throw out your best score, throw out your worst score. You know, then you take something in the middle. Like if I think that whatever our, uh, our median or mean is for Ohio state's performance, the performance has not lived up to the power rating often. And, mm-hmm. right. you know, that's that, that goes into the can you continue, can you maintain, can you turn in that same performance, or was the performance against Clemson an anomaly that includes not only your raw talent, but, again, I allege months of preparation for the Clemson Tigers and a Brent Venables defense. And, again, I believe a lot of motivation to prove that the wrong team won in the Fiesta Bowl within that Ohio State locker room. I think that there was a lot packed into that Clemson game, and it's going to be difficult to be able... I mean, you don't need to not get motivated to play for a national championship, <laughs> but I do think that the uniqueness of the opponent with Clemson and this Ohio State, this budding Ohio State-Clemson rivalry definitely contributed to uh, the strong performance.
1: Let's see, like, right now is Ohio State Clemson a bigger rivalry than Ohio State Michigan?
0: Yes. they play played for more st- stakes. Like the stakes have been higher and the games have been better. And now, finally, they've each got a win. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely
1: like, is. Yeah, because that's the, like, the sense I get from Ohio State fans I know and that I deal with is that they really hate Clemson more than they hate Michigan right now. Like Michigan, they're just like, eh, whatever. You know, they're our rival, but we're not really worried about them in any way. <laughs>
2: What's funny if you go back to pre like 2014, you may have said, hey, is, is uh, Alabama the bigger rival? Because those two fan bases talking about who owns college football, they wanted a piece of each other. You know, like that was a pretty nasty one for teams that didn't have the long tradition, and now they're there. By the way, I I hate this too because this it goes back to the lack of confidence. I am a believer in momentum, confidence, bringing in that game. But I will be so mad at myself if Ohio State rolls up and Justin Fields like goes back to the erratic, like throwing it over, three picks, like <laughs> goes back to the quarterback we saw all year and Chip was right because that, that is the bigger body of work. That is the Ohio State. But I'm counting on the fact that that was COVID-impacted, lack of practice, and all of those things. And the Trey Sermon uh, momentum is just as real with those fresh legs. By the way, Nick Saban's record against the spread in college football playoff championship games, national championship games. Are you guys aware of what it is? No, is it not good? 0 oh, for 4. He was 3-0 and oh against the spread in the BCS championship games, but in the playoff era championship games, 0 oh, for 4. Uh, that begs the question. Is Saban just not good enough? <laughs> That's right. Hey, great coach. Wait, good coaches win. Great coaches, coaches cover. cover. <laughs> yeah, not a goat. no way.
0: <laughs> Coming up on the other side, is Nick Saban overrated? We'll dive into <laughs> it more next. So um, what what does this game, regardless of result, like, What about the Ryan day side of things has Ryan day with his short, small body of work and with what he's done so far with this Ohio state program, you know, does he need a win? Does he need a cover or a strong performance to be able to validate where he stands among his peers? Like is of all the different uh, ways that we are thinking about how the conversation may change or be altered by what happens on Monday night down in hard rock stadium in Miami, like, what about Ryan day and the way that we look at him uh, is potentially on the line or hanging in the balance.
1: I don't know. I, I think that the fact that Ryan day has now gotten them to this position twice in two years. I mean, think about Lincoln Riley and think about how we view Lincoln Riley and what he did when he took over Oklahoma and getting them to the playoff like that in consecutive seasons. And of course he won the Heismans as well with his quarterbacks, but Ryan Day's now been the head coach at Ohio State for two full seasons, and he has been to the playoff in both of them. The first one was a close loss to Clemson, which, you know, we've gone over plenty of times. If you ask Ohio State fans, they'll tell you they were robbed and they deserved to win that game and they felt they were the better team. And then he's done something that Lincoln Riley hasn't done yet and that is not only win a college football playoff game, but, I mean, he handed it to Clemson last week. They beat them by 21 points. It's not like they squeaked by and pulled off some kind of miracle. They just beat them down after, after a slower start in the first quarter. They came out, took control of that game, and controlled it the rest of the night. So I think that as far as the opinion and of where he stands in the view, I think Ryan Day is pretty solidly, up there Right now with the top coaches in the game, it's just the one thing that we still have. And the one thing like when we do our coach rankings every year, the reason I always have Ryan Day lower on mine compared to you guys is that I want to see it maintained because we're still only in year two. So there is still that question of. Can he maintain what Urban Meyer was able to start and build there and keep it going? All signs point to the fact that he he has and he's going to continue doing so. And he might even take it you know to higher heights. It's just until th- I, I'm still this game won't decide it for me a year or two from now. will decide for me where Ryan Day stands amongst the rest of the college football coaches.
2: Agreed. Uh, you know, but I do think it would elevate him into that top five category, which maybe he's not an automatic now. Like if you just said, Hey, quickly, give me your top five college coaches. He may not get in that with some people right now, you know, Hey, he's only been there two years. Like you said, he's done it with urban's players, whatever knock there would be against Ryan day. Although I don't think those are fair. He's done exactly what he's wanted to do. He's you know only one loss, uh, in his tenure. Um, but man, you don't get this opportunity very, you know, it it seems like they do and they do. Um, But ask Lincoln Riley about getting this opportunity. Like if he's had it and can't even get to this level, to the championship game. So you get this win and you knock off Nick Saban. Look at what it did for Dabo Sweeney. propelled him into the upper, you know, three coaches in college football because he was able to slay that giant, not only once, but twice. So I think you do that. It elevates him to a stratosphere where, there won't be any second guessing. And even though the same things will remain true, like he'll still have to do it in year three and year four to prove it. But the perception of you, your legacy, all those things change dramatically.
0: Mm. And Nick Saban, I mean, the seventh national championship is just icing on the cake. A
2: loss. He's already got it. He's already yeah. got icing. He's already got side of ice cream. He's got icing, whatever you want. Like he's got, it's, it's crazy. Like another one. I think it just makes him, I think he's at that point where it just makes him harder to catch and yeah. more unlikely that he ever gets caught. Like it's probably not gunned, but it just, just adding. When, when Nick Saban, pies, oatmeal
1: cream pies chip. He actually gets them specially made from little Debbie. They're like double stuffed Oreos. He's got that much filling in there. He's got everything he needs already.
0: All right. Yeah. Okay. I think he's trying to limit the uh, the oatmeal cream pies a little bit. You know, as he's he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't have the uh, the pickup basketball game anymore. You know, he's got the the spring loaded hip that is in there now with the special <laughs> action, but he can't really use it for the basketball quite like he used to. Um, but that's I yeah I, I don't think that uh, Nick Saban is on the line. I do think that a poor offensive performance has Alabama fans furious at Steve Sarkeesian out, out the door, and I think a strong offensive performance has Texas fans oh just – punch drunk on just, just <laughs> goo-, goo and Gaga. I mean, did you see Texas's like Twitter accounts taking credit for the uh, Devonta Smith Heisman trophy? I mean this,
2: I it, didn't see the Texas. I saw the Johnny Manziel troll. Okay. <laughs> that's what I saw. <laughs> like
0: that's uh, I, I, I think that the, um, the offensive coordinator, I think Steve Sarkeesian probably has more in terms of like narrative and what we talk about coming out of it, good or bad than what we've got with Nick Saban. Uh, speaking of the offense, the total is a preposterous seventy-five in this national championship game. I talked a lot about principal under one at, right after it was set. I will not lock that up. Are uh, do you Howard? Are you going to lock it up? Hell yes, principal under at seventy-five. I mean, it's partially
1: principal, but it's also kind of supported. I mean, look, the over in Alabama's games this year seven and five, and it's four two and one in Ohio State's, but. Like, as far as this game is concerned in this matchup, if you just look, Alabama's played 12 games this year. Average Alabama game has featured 67.2 points per game. Only three of them <clears throat> went more than 75. There was the 52-24 win over A&M, 63-48 Ole Miss, and the 52-46 SEC championship game against Florida. Uh, this, this is the fourth time Alabama's played a game where the totals in the 70s, the first the two that went over were the Ole Miss of Florida games. And then there was the Arkansas game, which didn't even come close to going over because Arkansas didn't do its part on the Ohio state side. The average points in their game has been 65.4. But what is alarming is that of the seven games that Ohio state's played three have gone over a 75 point total. Mm. There was the Rutgers game. Although that, if you go back and watch that game, I don't know if I'd legitimately count that because that was, that, 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 that was friendly. And then the 42 to 35 game over Indiana. And then last week against Clemson, it's just none of those games that Ohio state played in the highest total in any Ohio state game was a nice 69 that we saw last week against Clemson. But if we then move to the playoff itself and the title game, the, this is the highest total we've ever had in a, in a title game. The first was in 2014, the 72 and a half points between Ohio state and Oregon, that game only finished with 62 points. And the average total for a playoff title game so far through the first six games has been 57.8 points or 64.8. The average total going in was 57.8. They've scored an average of 64.8. And the only game of them to go over 75 was the second year of the playoff, that classic Alabama Clemson game that Alabama won 45 to 40. So if you look at the history and you look at of this game and you just look at the way these two teams have played, Yeah, it could go over 75 and it's probably going to get very close and it's going to be very uncomfortable. But if you look at the history and then you just kind of factor in the idea that with so much on the line, you might get a little more conservative. You might not be willing to take as many chances. And also, like I mentioned, when I was taking Ohio state in the points, I do think that Ohio state offensively has obviously the capability to score a bunch of points, but I also think they have the capability of controlling the clock. And I think Alabama at some point might want to consider doing that too. If Ohio state is having success against them, Ohio state might start leaning on Najee Harris and turning some clock itself. So I think that this total is a little too high. I think part of it is just the perception. I think part of it is what we saw last week and Vegas and the odd bookmakers wanting to set a line somewhere where they think the public will be evenly divided more than what they think the total should be for this game. Jep?
0: Under. I'm convinced. What are you thinking? Are you going to buckle up and go over? I was was not locking up and over, that's for sure.
2: So... We lost a general this week (laughs) Uh, for the over army. Somebody's got to pick up his arms where he left off and continue the battle that rages on. I think in this game, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to take on the role of general of the over army. Uh, Tom, you gave some excellent stats on the uh, national championship game on the low scoring totals that are there. Are you aware, which I'm sure you are of the record of the over in the national championship games since the college football playoff began. What is it? It's like five to one to the over five and one The (laughs) over is five and one. The only time was that or team when it was set in the seventies and came in at 62, I think, like both of these defenses you gave and you gave the examples that actually helped my point. Like Alabama's defense was really good against some very average quarterbacks some very average offenses when they played really good quarterbacks and really good offenses. They gave up a bunch of yardage and they gave up a bunch of points, Texas A&M Florida and uh, Ole Miss Ohio state. We've seen them, like oh, Indiana, they're good. Like, they're a good football team, right? We've said we've established that. But they put up a lot of points against Ohio State's uh, defense. Ohio State's secondary is not very good. They're dead last in the Big Ten in pass defense. What does Alabama do really, really well? They throw the ball vertically down the field. Now, I do think, and I think – That Ohio State's defensive line, they're actually pretty good against the run, which I think will – like, yeah, I think that they would like to play it conservatively. They would like to establish that line of scrimmage with Najee Harris, run him a little bit more, but I think they might have to throw it and they might have to take their chances down the field because that's what's working, which will lead to more points. So I'm going to take the over in this game. We got a little fight going on championship game
0: championship game. (laughs) So we've got, uh, just, just to review for, uh, for all of our listeners out there, that would be, uh, Fight, fight for Danny and Tom on Ohio state against chip on Alabama and a fight fight Danny against Tom on the total, uh, And uh, I am emotionally supporting you, Tom, but I'm spooked. I am
2: totally spooked. Uh, All right. We've also got... Can I add this? Can I add this? Because I had the over in the North Carolina-Notre Dame game, and I think it was Tom that gave it out. It went out like guns of blazes. Like it was right off the bat, bam, bam, bam. There was a bunch of scores. And the total got up to like 83. I think if that happens... You find remote text me and I'll get on the under with you at that point. Cause it's like, there's insanity that unfolds. Yeah. Usually the flow of the game slows down a little bit and then you try to get that. So if that happens, I might live bet that, one. Mm.
0: Yeah,
1: actually I think that's pretty smart. Like if, if you're, if you're scared of this total now, and you, you're leaning under, but you're scared of taking it, Chip. We're talking directly to you. I know. Maybe, maybe you just wait and hope that, like, yeah, both teams score on their opening possession. And then, if, if both teams score, that thing is going to jump to, like, yep. 90. <laughs> yes.
0: And that is preposterous. We're not going to mm-hmm. see daggum 90 points. Uh, all right. So we also have half and quarter plays uh, available. What do we think?
1: I really like Alabama in the first quarter.
0: They've had, they've been a great first punch team all season long.
1: Yeah. They're the line at William Hill for the first quarter is Alabama minus half a point. I, I like it. This is Alabama. Like you said, has been very good in the first quarter. It ranks third nationally in points scored per game and 14th and points allowed per game and only 3.1. But more than anything, it's Ohio state. Like in the first quarter, the, they're, they're a slower starting team. That's not to say that they're bad. It's just they really kind of get into gear, specifically on defense in the second quarter. Because in the first quarter, they ranked 10th nationally. They averaged 10.4 points per game. They ranked third nationally in the second quarter by scoring 14.9 points per game. It's on defense. In the second quarter, they allow 2.9 points. In the first quarter, they're allowing five points, which is 40th defensively. So I just look at that and I think that, okay, Ohio State is a team that kind of needs to settle in, see what you're doing, and then they make adjustments. So I think that, I mean, a lot of it, what sucks about these first quarter plays is the coin flip could have a huge impact on what's going to happen. But I do think that Alabama in the first quarter laying half a point, there's a very good chance that they're going to be leading the game after the first 15 minutes. So I I, I read that's actually I like that more than either the total or the spread, honestly.
2: I might like that too. I like the way you're thinking. I think if you, you trust more in this spot, there we go. (laughs) Lock it up. Uh, I do. I I agree with everything you say. I think like, who do you trust more in this situation? And it shouldn't be a knock to Ryan day or anybody on that staff, but uh, this team is just, they're so used to being there. They're so dialed in. Sark is a great, I think he'll have a great like scripted first 15 where he'll have some success. They'll be feeling things out. Mac Jones has been Mr. Consistent. We've seen Justin Fields a little bit inconsistent, even though he's coming off a great performance early in that game, there were a couple of throws against Clemson. Even it was like, uh Oh, is he going to, you know, what are we going to, and then all of a sudden he turned it on. So curious how the ribs might take him a while to get hit a couple of times. How's he feeling? All those sorts of things. So I would, I like the way you're leaning with Alabama in the half in the first quarter.
0: The, uh, Alabama in the half. Alabama in the first quarter. Uh, the first half total is thirty-seven and a half. The first quarter total is sixteen and a half. Anyone want to dance? That's sweaty. Sixteen and a half a first <laughs> yes. quarter. Like, I mean, I guess it could be sweaty either way, right? Because you could be looking up and it could be seven to three with like three minutes left, and you're sitting there not only needing a score but needing it to be a dagum touchdown. Hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the way I i mean, just based on trends, if you wanted to follow that strictly of how these teams have played, I would say first quarter under and then maybe take a second quarter over live once that comes up. But I i, I like I, I think if we're going quarters and halves, I, my favorite play, like I said, is that Alabama minus half a point,
0: Alabama minus half a point for quarter the first quarter for the first quarter. And would Same. you do- double down for the half at four and a half?
1: Depends who has the ball to start the second quarter, Chip.
0: So you would (laughs) would wait and you would just play that one live?
1: Yeah, I might play the second quarter live, yeah, because, again, Ohio State's defense really picks up in the second quarter. So, like, if it is, like, 14-7 to Alabama after the first quarter and Ohio State has the ball as the quarter ends, then I'm probably going to jump on Ohio State because I'm guessing that Alabama will be favored in the second quarter as well.
0: You guys are both live betting studs. I, f- I forget about this. I would sometimes. not go nearly
1: saying that far.
0: Okay. Well, it's, it's like a, it's a good thing to, to note for uh, maybe we include it as part of the locks pod where it's like, uh, what's, what's your live bet? Like we could call it the live bet game plan or something like that. Where it's like, if this happens, we're looking for this and then we hit this. And that is stuff that I think our listeners, like there are a bunch of listeners that, you know, when we talk with uh, either on Twitter or, you know, friends that I know that also listen, are. He's like, just snagged it at this live. Like, they're like the live betting community, I think, would appreciate it. We could add it as something for uh, 2021 for sure.
1: You know, what we could do is we could make Coca tweet out our live bets from the Twitter account Ooh. on like a Saturday. If one of us has something, we could just text Coca and be like, fire it out. We want UNC minus seven in the third quarter.
0: Just snagged it. <laughs> yeah, no, and then, are- then we just turn into the stock market. I got a half. I got an eight and a half.
2: Because <laughs> there are way too many people out there that just put out the live betting lines without telling which side they're going to be on. Like, that drives me nuts. Like, what are you saying? Like, yeah. All right. It's that we know what it is. What are you going to do? So we actually (laughs) could the problem with it. Sometimes it happens so fast and it moves so fast. Like you might get it at, I think even that North Carolina, Notre Dame game, I think Tom gave it, I was like 83 and a half. And by the time I got, it was down to 82 already. Like it moves fast. Yeah. And Uh, different
1: books are always like, that's the thing too. Like when, when it comes to live betting, like, Generally, for pregame stuff, it's pretty uniform from book to book. Like you might find a half a point somewhere, or you might find different juice, but live bets, you'll see lines that sometimes are three or four points apart.
2: I want to, can I give a like a parlay, a prop parlay, whatever they are? Yes. I yeah, because we don't have the numbers count. yet. Just you Wait, already your I'm edge. I'm so bummed. I'm yeah. so bummed because I love, and this is one of the only times of the year you can do this with player props, which is probably a good thing for college football fans, knowing the insanity that goes on with the NFL and players just getting bashed on Twitter because they didn't have 10 catches for 150. <laughs> I don't want that to happen to college kids, but since we do have it in this game, we will get it. I'm going to do a little running back parlay, a little over under for Najee Harris, total rushing yards. Whatever the number is, I will take the under. And for Trey Sermon, whatever his rushing yards, I'll take the over. So a little fade, Najee by Sermon action there. Now, and th- this is a little dicey because it could come out and it's all, but I'll, I'll just say whatever the number is, I kind of am thinking I mentioned earlier about Ohio state's run defense being pretty good. I think that's going to open up a lot of opportunities to throw the football for Alabama. And I think Trey Sermon, I think, I think the perception is, Oh, Alabama, you know, Nick Saban, you know, running against a brick wall. I don't think that's the case. I think, I think Trey Sermon will be able to continue rushing. I don't, I'll be real interested to see like Tom as the uh, edgewater have a guess, the edgewater emporium, what would you set some of these numbers at? Would you venture a guess or not enough research done yet?
1: I would bet Sermon's around 75 to 80 yards. I would bet Najee's probably. Yeah. Oh,
2: I would, I would say it's going to come out at like 110. If it's 75 or 85, All right. forget it. Just load up on Sermon over. So Najee was
0: 119 and a half against Notre Dame, and I took it on the over on CBS Sports HQ with the idea that Alabama was going to be in control and just run the ball a lot in the second half. That was the case, but they didn't run the ball effectively in the second half. They didn't do a great job of it. Najee Harris only finishes with 125. So my 119 cashed, but most of it was because of 53 or 56 yards on the hurdle, right? Like if you look, take out that Najee Harris hurdle and his yards per carry was not on pace to be able to uh, get us over there. So while uh, that was my thought going into the Notre Dame game was Najee Harris rushing yards over because of the way the game's going to play out, especially if you do think Ohio state's going to be able to score, then you almost would rather go Najee Harris receiving yards, right? With just like thinking that he's going to end up being such a check down screens, any kind of third and long situation, and if Sermon is under 100, then I I absolutely think you got to go over there.
1: So that's the thing, though, because Kyron Williams, I think, was at 75-76 last week, and I, I took the under on that one, and that hit, and it was mostly because... I don't think I can't remember what the exact stat was, but I'm pretty sure no running back has gone for over that against Alabama. Part of that is their run defense, and then part of that is teams don't re, can't really afford to run the ball too often, you know, throughout the entire game. So it's hard for running backs to amass yards against them.
0: So, yeah, because Alabama's up at the end of the first quarter. That's like yeah. <laughs> all these things and work exactly. together. That's why yeah. we're taking the point. But but I would say another couple props
1: just to keep in mind too. Again, we don't know what they are, but I will be looking at Devontae Smith's uh, total receptions and yards. And I'm leaning towards the over. And also, if there's a prop that you could find that is like a touchdown of forty yards or greater, go yes.
2: Yeah, I, if there's a Jalen Waddle prop, I would probably fade that too. Yeah, don't, you don't I think, think Waddell, Yeah, you think this is all just? I like, do. I think it's all just false flag, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I do. I'd love to see him come back. I'd love to see it happen, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna believe it till I see it.
0: Hmm. Mm, okay. All right. Final thoughts, narratives, uh, X factors, anything lingering about the game that fans should keep in mind or have their eye on.
1: Hopefully they play Monday and hopefully everybody's <laughs> available.
2: all yeah, right Right. Imagine having to do this next Friday. Same thing. Like let's run it to Re-release the show. <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll just Same
0: add thing. like just the, maybe if we've got any conversations With a general manager of (laughs) Vanderbilt football around, we could potentially release that as well if Vanderbilt wants to announce its full staff hires. Who? Who? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. we'll see if the Vanderbilt general manager has any locks. If we get delayed, I'm going to make him come on here and give us a lock for the title game. That's, <laughs> that that's my promise to the listener. Uh, he is Danny Cannell. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Cannell. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fornelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much.
1: Hashtag Rip Barton.
0: He's not dead. (laughs) I know, that's what was funny to me
1: about that comment when I was reading it. Forever a legend. Rest in peace, Barton. (laughs)